Hey everyone, I'm Kendall Parkhurst and welcome to our MOPS Leader Podcast. Joining me today is our very own President and CEO of MOPS International, Mandy Arioto. Hey! Hi Mandy, thank you so much for this time oh, today. so exciting. Well, this is so exciting because we obviously, here we are in April, yep. and we just announced our MOPS theme for the 2017-2018 year. Can you believe that it's finally here? Yeah, it's I've, like, I feel like I've been waiting for months to blurt it out. Well, I'm so. sure, and especially for you, because when do you... You, you are sort of the heart and the inspiration behind the theme in your role. And it uses, I know it uses the best of you. You've been doing this for years for MOPS. Um, but when does this start for you? When do you start thinking about what the theme's going to be? And tell us then, of course, for those who don't know what the theme is. Yeah. So I would say it's a couple, a multi-year process where um, the actual theme work starts about a year before but the thinking about it starts probably two years before where it's just I'm looking for patterns or looking to see what God is revealing or listening for what moms most need. And my favorite part about this year in Free Indeed is that it has been such a huge team effort. I mean, extending across all of MOPS. I know I emailed you many, many times late at night, like, Kendall, what do you think? Or what are your ideas here? And so... Um, free Indeed has truly been a team effort. So there it is. For those of you who haven't heard, Free Indeed is the theme. And yeah, I loved the way you collaboratively went about this. And that's part of what I love about your leadership, Mandy, is that you um, you don't just take one thing and run with it. Um, you really want people's thoughts to make sure that we're, we're striking a chord with mm-hmm. our moms. You want to make sure that what you um, are hearing from God is what you know that women... Um, also need to hear. And you've shared a little bit about that in how you came up with the theme itself. Can you tell us? Yeah. So it's the thinking about this idea of freedom started about a couple, you know, a couple years ago, but it's really started with a series of conversations that I had. And the first one happened on an airplane. And I love airplane conversations, especially with women, because it's like, you start to spill your guts and you've only known each other for know, like an that? hour and a half. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yes. I have the most random things yeah. happen to me on an airplane. It's yeah. insane. But um, I was sitting next to this young woman and we were just chit-chatting and I was telling her that I work for a mom organization and she said, oh, I've been trying to get pregnant for a year now. And we were just talking back and forth and she said, you know, I, I, I'm wondering if the reason that I'm having a hard time getting pregnant is because I had an abortion about five years ago. Um, and then she said, you know, my husband doesn't know, and I'm terrified to tell him. Ugh. And then in the course of our conversation, she said, I just want to be free from my past. And then I had another conversation with a friend at um, our kids' soccer game, and we were just talking about life and how crazy it is and how she was feeling so out of control with the pace that her family is running at. And during the course of our conversation, she said something along the lines of, I just want to be free from this pace. And then um, I was gathered with a group of my friends, and one of our good friends has just started attending AA. And so she was telling us her story of how she decided that it was time for her to show up. And she just said, you know, she felt like she was drinking a few too many glasses of wine every night, and it was kind of starting to control her, and she was feeling stuck in her habits. And so she just said, I got to the point where I, I feel like I was ready to get freed from my habits and feeling stuck. And then the last one, I was talking with a friend on the phone, and she was sharing how she has a sense of God calling her into something, but she felt like she didn't have the courage to make the choices that she needed to make to take the first step. 
And so she was like, I just want to be free from feeling like I can't pursue what God is calling me toward. And it was that series of conversations and that phrase, I just want to be free, that really birthed the idea of, of what it looks like to live in freedom and to really experience the freedom that Jesus gives us and offers us. And yet sometimes we're afraid to hold on to because it's scary to really walk in freedom and the fullness of freedom. And what I love is the stories that were shared with you um, are not stories that women maybe in a church setting would normally bring up. These were very vulnerable, um, risky stories in a sense to say out loud um, as women whether it's just admitting, I don't want to keep up this pace anymore. Mm -hmm. That might feel as risky to one woman as admitting, you know, I I had an abortion. Yep. And that feels like a very taboo topic. But if we're not a place where women can come with the very real stuff of their life, Mm -hmm. whether it be in a church setting or a mops group, um, we are not a place for healing. Totally. And what it sounds like you want women to hear over and over again is the freedom and redemption. Mm -hmm. Redemption even from something you think is too much. Absolutely. Um, That no, actually, that is the very person Jesus came for. Yep. Yep. Um, Did that inspire you? I mean, where did you go then? Okay, so you heard this idea coming to you of women wanting to be free from something. So... Where I originally went, and it, you're not going to find it in the theme write-up, it's we've gone through probably a million iterations of this write-up just to get it just right. But um, my original first thought around it was around this idea of confession and how so often um, Jesus calls us to radical honesty with the things we're most embarrassed about. And... I was talking with someone and they were telling me about how so often when we go to the doctor, if we want true healing, we're not general about describing where our pain points are. It's not like, oh, you know, my abdomen is hurting. It's when you get specific is when you can get real help and healing. And so the idea of confessing with specificity, specificness, um, and just being brave enough to share our vulnerableness with other women in our lives was where I wanted to go. And, and where I really feel like freedom starts is in honesty and in truth-telling and being vulnerable with all of the messy parts of our life. And so that's really where I started, and it's evolved from there. But um, I just feel like confession is such a freeing practice. And our friend, um, Rebecca Lyons, who was at MomCon last year, mm-hmm. um, this has been a big topic in her life. And I yeah. remember her a conversation with her where she just said, we can confess because we know we have a good father. Yes. That it's in knowing that he is there with open arms that we can turn to him, um, knowing that he already knows. Totally. He has come for that very thing. But just a reminder, which I, as we go further in the theme here, I love the idea that we're trying to show women that... This is um, not this almighty judge standing over them, but a good, good father who says, come back to me. Mm -hmm. And when we have the assurance of that in our confession, we turn because he's good. Yes. And because he's loving and forgiving and just, Mm -hmm. you know. But I love that idea. And I think as we break down, if if you tell us more about how you've kind of broken down this theme, we'll see that, that open-armed, loving God coming through. I, I was just reading in the book of Mark, and it's, there's a story of a man who's been exiled essentially from the town and he's um, possessed by a demon and he's living in tombs. He's living among the bones of dead people. And um, 
Jesus goes and frees him from the bondage that he's experiencing. And the most radical and beautiful part of the story isn't that when Jesus shows up, this man falls on his knees in front of Jesus um, and in a posture of confession and I need help, it's that Jesus was already on his way there even before this guy realized that he needed freedom. And I think that is the whole idea of God, that he is coming toward us even before we're ready, even before we're ready to acknowledge that we need freedom or forgiveness or whatever it is. So, yeah, I just love that idea that we have a good father. It's so true. Well, and the theme verse that you chose speaks to that um, proclaiming release for the Mm -hmm. captives. So that ties in somewhat to the verse you just shared. Mm -hmm. But what's the theme verse for this year? Yeah, so it comes out of Luke 4, uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19, but it's actually a fulfillment of a prophecy out of Isaiah. And the theme verse says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And um, the thing I love about this verse is that Jesus walks into a synagogue, and essentially this is the first sermon that he ever preaches, right? So he shows up, he's handed the scroll that's to be read that day, and it's out of the book of Isaiah, and it's a a prophecy about the Messiah and what the Messiah will do when he comes. And Jesus reads this verse, and essentially is saying, I am the Messiah, I am come to preach good news, to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set those who are oppressed free. And not only that, but to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And so Jesus is saying, I'm here, I'm the Messiah, I can do all of these things. And it's just stunning to think about what that looks like when we actually take those promises seriously, that God is capable, that Jesus is capable of doing all of those things. And then the other interesting thing I find really fascinating is that uh, right before um, things kind of wrap up with Jesus' time on earth, he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, and that's in John 14. And um, it's this idea that Jesus said he can release captives and help the blind to recover their sight and release the oppressed and not only can Jesus do that, but then he commissions us to do that as well, Mm -hmm. which is just mind-blowing to me. And I start to wonder what would happen if that really started happening. What if we took that call, that um, command, really, of Jesus and took that into the world? How would people's lives be radically transformed because of that? So... I'm really excited this year to see how the Holy Spirit is going to swoop in and start doing some tremendous things, not only healing people's souls, but bodies and minds and families. And um, I think it's going to be a uniquely significant year. Well, and I I know that we've talked to our leaders a lot about that. You know, we can only um, proclaim Jesus as much as we know of him. Yes. You know, we speak out of our own stories. And so I, I just wouldn't, you know, I think it's so encouraging for us as leaders to know that we have to start believing this ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to be in a position of our faith, a posture of trust um, that is uh, accepting and, and receiving this from the Lord before we're going to be able to pour this out or be useful in his hands. Yeah, that's such and a just, good point. Yeah. You know, just being a reminder to us as leaders that, First things first, do the work, 
which we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, being willing to do the work in your own life yes. of um, getting to a place where you need to be with the Lord, kind of a yeah. coming. I think that's so big. And um, I just love that phrase, do the work. Mm-hmm. We've talked about yes. this. And it can I be misconstrued. so wanted it to I be know. part of the of And if the theme. some people take it the wrong way, and yeah. it's like, no, no, let's yeah. tell us what we, really, what we really think about that. Yeah. Would you share about your whole, because I think you yeah. just are so brilliant at, kind of summarizing it and like I yeah I just think um I think as as believers it's easy to think we're so others focused um that to even talk about any uh internal health work is the wrong focus whereas I say I need to focus on myself long enough to get over myself Hmm. I'm going to be as useful as I am healthy um so that's knowing where my you know vulnerable places are where I'm going to get tripped up a little bit and so I feel really strongly about doing some kind of Um, emotional IQ work of just taking inventory of kind of where I've been, where I'm headed, um, what God has taught me in my own life. But yeah, just being aware of um, kind of what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just talk, I mean, I'm big on like personality tests. I've Mm -hmm. talked to you about this. Like I love the Enneagram because if anything, it has given me Um, you need truth and knowledge and all these things working together with faith. And so I think it points to the truth and knowledge of myself with my faith because it points out where um, I'm going to be led astray because I just let my emotions lead me, things like that. So it's just an emotional um, IQ awareness, like I said, that um, I think for most of us, we're going to, the most healthy and effective people I know as leaders, as um, you know, someone even just being a disciple for the Lord, they're just like healthy. They, they know there's a humility about mm-hmm. them, but, um, yeah, just, an and they're emotion. willing to really look at their own stuff, yes. right? Cause yeah. when we're not willing to look at our own stuff, it's like, yeah, I feel like that's where our, we really get hung up and Absolutely. that's where we trip. That's yes. where we fall. That's where yeah. we, uh, lose and get discouraged. Yes. Get discouraged. Yeah. We and, yeah. and we're not willing to like. So what we talk about is do the like do the work. Do what only you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's like just like I said, turning in a little bit, doing some inventory, having honest talks with God. Yes. About okay, yeah, I see how that's um, making me hard to be in relationship with, and yes. making me really sensitive, and um, it gets in the way of what the Lord might want to be doing through us. So totally. there's where we go. We Side that. note, um, Enneagram. Yes. Whenever I tell people what my number is, I feel like I'm naked yes. when they know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't want mm-hmm. you to know because mm-hmm. it's like so comprehensive and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love how it talks about um, areas of integration and disintegration or whatever yes, the terms absolutely. are that they use. Mm-hmm. Like when you're your healthiest and when you're in a not so healthy place and it's just so accurate and so helpful. Right. Love it. And like I said, you know, that, that knowledge with faith. So being mm-hmm. aware of those things is just going to, I think, make you more useful. Totally. But yeah, I, I hear you on, like, making that number known because someone can go read my profile and see all my weak spots. Yeah. And, like, oh, that's why she's acting the way it is because mine is very emotionally based, like I said before. And so then you feel a little bit weak and pathetic because, you know, oh, she's the emotional one. So <laughs> anyway, back to it. Um, so tell us, you, you've broken this into these three really kind of beautiful what we sometimes internally call tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's this going to look like as we play out over the year? What are the three focuses of Free Indeed? Yeah. So the first one is all focused around the idea of love and letting love be the loudest voice. And this really comes out of that proclaim favor idea in our theme verse. And um, 
letting love be the loudest voice has a lot to do with our internal conversations that we have because I don't know about you but like my internal dialogue is something I would never say to anyone else because it would be way too harsh and hurtful I mean I would never um, use those words right. to anyone else but to myself it seems perfectly mm-hmm. acceptable and not even acceptable but probably right the Absolutely. right thing to do right to right. bring correction to yourself and totally you know yeah but you're so right if you ever said out loud the things you say to yourself to someone else you would have no friends exactly absolutely and yet we can't be a good friend to ourselves right mm-hmm. when we're so um we're just really focused on letting love be the loudest voice not only in our own lives but in the people that we interact with on a daily basis and so we are toying with this idea of what it would look like to have events all over the world where we um show people very tangibly that they are loved, whether it's providing coffee for commuters on the light rail here in Denver, or showing up with donuts for moms who are dropping their kids off at daycare, or you know, tying winter coats around poles during the winter for people who are struggling with homelessness. And so really what it would look like to show up in radical ways with radical acts of love. So um, we're excited about that piece of it. But the other thing about letting love be the loudest voice is really looking at this internal need that so many of us have to hustle for our own self-worth. And we feel like if we're not doing and being and showing up in big ways, then we're not worthy. And we're not worthy of love from other people, from God, from ourselves. And so it's just really analyzing this idea that who we are is already spoken over. God has already told us who we are. We are worthy. We are loved. We are a child of God. And so what does that look like to live into it? Mm-hmm. And I think so often, I know for myself, I have it. I, I need to turn it back upside down because I I let how my human relationships determine my perception of how God must love me. Ooh, yeah. So for anyone who's been in a really, really, especially with maybe a father figure, a hard relationship um, where they did feel like they had to earn their love or it was never enough, even people who've been in you know, mostly healthy relationships, we are still in flawed human relationships. And so it's easy to see it from the bottom up mm. that my own perception on an earthly level of how I've been loved or needed to earn love, it really, I don't think we even realize how much that skews um, our ability to receive or even, you know, I just, I assume God kind of keeps score yep. the way I keep score with yep. people. You know, I just, I think we have to take this top-down approach, what you're talking about, is to let God's love and truth be the loudest mm-hmm. to the point where it we are absorbed, absolutely absorbed. Yes. Um, and yeah. things wouldn't shake us and rattle us as much than totally. if we take a top-down approach versus um, seeing God through the eyes of how we love each other on earth. Totally. That's so good. I love that. But I do. So let love be the loudest voice, mm-hmm. um, both in our own minds, but also in how we're treating others. Absolutely. Our world needs like a large dose of that right yeah. now. Yeah. I think, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, it was like, love God and love your neighbor. And that was it. That was like love. And so... What does it look like to really take that seriously, to, to let that lead us forward? Mm-hmm. So, I, well, and I know for myself, like I, I, I watch people like Bob Goff, for example. He talk about radically loving yes. others, right? Yeah. And I watch him and I get tired. I know. Because it's I'm just exhausting. like, I couldn't keep that up. But then when, because we're, I think we're thinking of our own um, human ability. Yeah, my tank is going to run dry at some point. But he, you're not depending on a source that has an end, mm. you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I think for those of us who are like, well, we got to kind of ration it, especially as tired moms. Yep. 
I got a ration. I, I even feel out. like I have to ration it sometimes with my kids, well, right? Sure. Like, yeah, I, I can't do all this. No. I can't give everybody what they need all the time. Right, and and that sometimes feels like wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I do think you know there are certain relationships, of course, that require boundaries. Um, you know, where you have to do some of that for your well-being. But um, when you're truly plugged into the source yeah. of a limitless love, it overflows. Totally. I mean, that's scriptural. Totally. So I don't think we. I think that's been a. a, a a block, um, something that's tripped me up in my own ability to think I can pour out that well to other people. Because I'm thinking, I myself can't keep that yes, pace up. Totally. But then it's like, well, it wasn't meant to be my pace. And if I'm going out doing God's work, he's going to give me what I need when I need it to love these people well, if so I'm plugged good. in. So I love that. Love, Let love be the loudest yes. voice. Okay, what else? Okay, our second one is Be Gutsy. And this mm, is about proclaiming release. And this actually... Um, you sparked this idea for me in talking about how sometimes we forget that we're the boss of our lives mm-hmm. and that we have control over our lives. We start to live at a pace that is unsustainable and we forget, wait, I can say yes and I can say no and I can say slow down if I need to. So where did that idea come from Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard it from other friends. You know, a good friend of ours, Shauna Nequist, mm-hmm. um, passed it on, but she passed it on from a friend of hers um, that, that just said, you know, Many of us forget that we have much more say in the shape of our mm-hmm. days than we give ourselves credit for. And so, therefore, we start resenting. Um, and that's, I don't know anyone who operates their best out of a place of resentment. Totally. And so, it is this reminder of you don't have to live under the thumb of what our culture says. You can be counterculture um, for the, in the best possible ways. And so, she just kind of um, put it into a framework for me to start thinking about your own family as like a little mini society that you may not be able to um, change the laws of your town or the the government, whatever it is. Like, there are certain things we have to abide by. But within our own homes, you know, especially as moms, we set the pace Mm -hmm. a lot for what matches our values and what um, is going to grow us towards the family we want to be versus getting um, to the point where all our kids are about to leave home and we realize, what just happened? I, I wasn't okay with that, but I never felt like I could say I wasn't. Mm. So I think it's giving, um, you know, when you say be gutsy, I love that. It's going, you know what? Speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, don't live a reactive life. It is so empowering to remember that you have a say and you can be proactive. As a family, you can decide these are some of our goals. These are the things we're aiming for. And if these things no longer match up and they're not <laughs> required by law, essentially, you don't have to play on every team. Totally. You don't have to say yes to every sleepover. You can have some, you know, some of yes, your own say. So and good. the women I've talked to about this, and I think you too, um, just, it is so empowering to go, oh, really? I mean, we know it. It's I mean, it's so silly. We need a it's reminder like, you do. It's like, of course, yeah, yeah no, I, I know that, but really? Totally. I don't have to. So totally. um, I think there's been freedom there for yeah. sure. But I love how it's summed up in Be Gutsy. Where did mm-hmm. that come from for you? I love just this idea of gutsiness and I think it's not uh cute it's strong Mm -hmm. and it's navigating from like the core of who you have been created to be and so um in ancient ways of thinking their guts were their source of emotion and heart and brain and like the life source and I think you know, as God has created us, it's like when we are gutsy, we are calling on all of 
the wisdom that God has given us to do what is best for our family. Mm-hmm. And Joe and I have had this year to make some gutsy choices for our kids and for the pace of our family. And it was really hard to call a timeout on some things. But I have to tell you, it has been one of the best years of our lives to kind of reevaluate and to say, we're going to do things differently, and it's not going to look like everybody else, but it's what's best for our family right now. And have you found freedom on the other side of that? So much freedom. We um, we have made some intentional choices about how we live, and um, we live in a teeny tiny house because we decided we wanted to be as generous as possible with our resources. And for a while our kids struggled with that because the other kids in our neighborhood in their school it looks different right and they live differently and they drive nice cars and and there's nothing wrong with any of that Mm -hmm. right no judgment whatsoever but um we were just calling feeling called to do things a little differently and uh it's been interesting to see our family embrace something different and it's been super bonding and has made us feel more like ourselves than ever before. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is what I heard there, too, is to not give up. Yes. Because I think, and I was just thinking this this morning, I'm, I've got a you know younger kids still right now that we're just starting to figure out, like, allowance and, like, how we're going to put some structure into place for teaching our kids things. And I'm really great at sticking with something for, like, a couple weeks, and then it just peters out. Oh, you know? dude, me too. Well, but, I mean, because I didn't, first of all, it probably wasn't sustainable, but second of all, like, it would have been easy for you guys to go, you know what, forget it. This isn't fair to our kids. I don't want them to feel like in an effort to do this, they're losing out on this mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But what I heard that I loved is that, no, you guys made that decision with a lot of conviction and um, with, it wasn't a mistake. It was, you really meant it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't give up. And look at what it's finally kind of totally it's bringing coming, about yeah. where the kids see it too and are probably starting to prefer much of it. Totally, totally. They're feeling like they are owning the decision as well. And, um, yeah, it's been really beautiful and really freeing it from as a family to make decisions together and to go for it and to tough it out and mm-hmm. to evaluate when we need to evaluate. But um, I just love choosing that rhythm that God has kind of, like, instilled in your family and saying this is what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to follow that with whole hearts and with mm-hmm. freedom. And that takes discipline. And I think when we talk about freedom, discipline seems like the opposite of freedom in many ways, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a not doing. But as we've, so many of us have heard before, like boundaries are actually what our kids need in order to thrive. And discipline is actually going to bring about freedom and, you know, honing in on what matters most and, and focusing in on things gives you freedom. So totally. I love that idea that it's actually um, through some of that, um, saying no, being gutsy to those things is going to bring about this free indeed that we're hoping people will discover. Totally. And I think the more you see people doing it, it's one of those, which leads us to our next one, right? What's the next one? Yes. Yes. The more you hear you or you see other people, you become example. Like me hearing a story you just told, you in essence just gave me permission Mm -hmm. because you went first to do that. uh, And in your family, I watch it and then I get something out of that by being able to watch you go first gives me permission to go second totally and I think that's what I'm most excited about this year is this idea of going first and giving women the permission to take that first brave step because and actually you're the one who sparked this idea in my in my thinking it's that we go first so that we can turn around and pull other people out of their bondage and shame so that they can experience freedom as well so I'm I think that is a part of the calling that God has instilled in all of our lives is uh, because we are his children, 
we get to go first and bring the kingdom come into places that it doesn't reside yet. And that's um, really scary sometimes, but it is such a huge gift that we give to ourselves and the people around us too. Well, I know that's a huge part of your passion of where you would love to see mops mm-hmm. headed in the future is that we are taking mops to places. Um, as those who have already been set free, we've got the keys. So yes. if we're headed towards a path of freedom, this isn't just for ourselves. This is, and it's our, it's a commandment of ours to, yep. you know, create yeah. this freedom for others or go back and, and at least give them the keys. Yeah. We have some leaders on the East Coast who are just doing tremendous work and it's this very literal, tangible idea. They've taken a MOPS group into a women's correctional facility. Wow. And every time I think about it, they're work- so they're working with moms in jail. And I'm like, what a beautiful image of what it looks like to bring freedom behind bars behind those places of captivity and so it's just stunning to think about what it would look like to take mops into places of captivity around the world and in our own communities I know that there are women who are literally making a commitment to walk around maybe it's a strip club or maybe it's um, a school or wherever they want to take mops next and they're making a commitment to do prayer walks around those and claiming them in the name of Jesus and saying, we are going to go first and bring you um, tangible ways to encounter the love of God. So it's really exciting to, to see what this is going to look like. Well, and I think this idea of freedom, what's so great is much of what we've talked about is freedom and how it fits our lifestyle. I want to feel freedom, but the true freedom you're talking about when you say these women are marching around, the freedom uh, to offer a woman in jail who who knows when she's going to get out and experience true literal lifestyle freedom. Um, The freedom we offer ultimately uh, through this is the freedom that comes through a redemptive story of Christ. Yes. And so what's so great is that um, so many of us want, like I said, a physical healing or whatever it is, but when we get down to it, the greatest thing we offer is the freedom of knowing you're saved, yep. you know, yeah. and yeah. you're free. And I love watching throughout Scripture how often Jesus saw people would come to him for physical healing and he'd say, your faith has healed you. Yeah. Um, that he sees our hearts mm-hmm. and how encouraging that is to think um, he just goes right to it, yeah. you know. I love that. He doesn't see all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go yeah. in peace and be freed from your suffering. I just think that is so beautiful. Say that again. Daughter, um, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful example. And I love that it's daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we are daughters of the living God. And so, yeah, I am just um, so excited to see where this theme is going to take us this next Mm -hmm. year. Mm-hmm. What would be your greatest hope when you, you know, this has been on your heart for a long time, and I know you spend a lot of time praying mm-hmm. and trying um, to make your way through Scripture to see where God is saying this is going to be it. Yeah. Um, what would be your greatest hope? I think it would, I, I don't think. My greatest hope would be that we experience a movement of women who want to encounter Jesus more radically than they ever have before and that they can like tangibly taste and feel and hear the love that God has for them. And secondly, that women would truly physically and emotionally and mentally be freed 
from their past, from their shame, from the ways they feel stuck, from habits that aren't productive or um, contributing to their best self, from a pace that feels overwhelming, from all of the things that make us feel like we are slowly dying inside. And that in experiencing the freedom of Christ that we feel more alive. And it's this one of my favorite stories in the Bible, which I've told a million times, but it's, you know, Jesus uh, goes to the home of a little girl who has died and he goes into her room and whispers over her um, little girl, get up. And she gets up and then he says, you know, give her something to eat. And I always think about Jesus really because scripture is for all of us, is whispering over all of us women who feel like we are exhausted and can't take another step. He's saying, daughter, get up and nourish yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think this next year is going to radically transform a generation of women who are raising the world together. And not only will it transform them in their personal spiritual lives, but their physical lives lives of their family and their kids and the way that we cheer one another on. So I think it's going to be tremendously transforming. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful to all the leaders who are going to be in these conversations yes. and um, be the ones who are going first mm-hmm. and who in their own lives are tapped into a God that loves them and uh, in their own lives are allowing love, the love of God to be the loudest voice in yes. their own life so it's pouring over yeah. and that they'll be gutsy um, knowing that they stand on a solid rock and they can share Jesus because mm-hmm. they know him mm-hmm. and they have a confidence in that totally. that is like just unquestionable so so grateful for you leaders as you listen to this to be encouraged by Mandy's words um, she has a beautiful write up um, an entire exegesis on the theme um, that you can find on our leaders website and just getting to know the theme so that it becomes so um, intimately woven into your own soul that you take this into your next mop share um, with just a passion because you can't not talk about mm-hmm. it. The freedom that you know yourself um, through a redemptive God yes. who wants us to run and sing and laugh and, you know, yeah. know his freedom. Experience the fullness of life. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mandy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, leaders. Thanks for listening.